Hi, I'm Garvin DeShazer. Today we're talking about the principles of courage and leadership and how to do what needs to be done even when you're scared to death. That was the case for a young pilot who was about to experience his third airplane crash. I hope you'll enjoy his story because this is your daily inspiration. It was June 19, 1947, and Gene wasn't supposed to be working. He was traveling deadhead, an off-duty pilot, catching a ride but not flying the plane. The flight was on its way to Istanbul, the first leg of a journey back to New York, and was expected to take ten and a half hours. No problem, Gene thought. The most he might do is relieve one of the pilots long enough for them to take a short break. Other than that, he could relax and catch up on some reading. What Gene and the 36 passengers and crew of Pan Am Flight 121, the Clipper Eclipse, didn't know was that five hours into the flight, one of the engines would fail, resulting in this being the last flight not only for the plane, but for 15 of those aboard it. For Gene, it would become one of the defining moments of his life. Gene grew up in Los Angeles where his father was a police officer, Following in his father's footsteps, he majored in police science at L.A. City College. But then came the war. In 1942, at the age of just 20, Gene obtained his pilot's license through the U.S. Army Air Corps and went on to fly 89 combat missions. In 1943, while flying a B-17 known as the Yankee Doodle, Gene's plane overshot a runway, hit trees, and caught on fire killing two men. While he was absolved of any responsibility for the incident, the remainder of his military career was spent stateside as an air crash investigator. It was during this time he was involved in his second plane crash, this time as a passenger. By the time he'd finished his service in the Army Air Corps at the rank of captain, Gene had been awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross and the Air Medal. In 1945, Gene began flying for Pan Am. It was a return trip from Calcutta to New York that brought Gene to his third crash on that fateful day in June 1947. At about 8.30 p.m., when engine number one developed a fault, Gene was at the wheel of the Clipper Eclipse. Knowing the plane could fly on its three remaining engines, he took engine number one offline and continued flying until the captain on duty could decide what to do. Captain Joseph Hart decided to continue on to Istanbul due to concerns that local airstrips wouldn't be able to make the necessary repairs. Unfortunately, it turned out that the Eclipse's remaining three engines weren't as sturdy as expected and they began to overheat too. Hart descended and reduced power in the desperate hope they'd be able to reach a usable airfield. They broadcast their position at 10 p.m. at 14,000 feet in the air, about 50 miles east of Baghdad. The Royal Air Force at Habania suggested the Eclipse land there, but the captain's concerns about available repair facilities drove him to press onward. About 40 minutes later, cockpit alarms activated. Engine number two was now on fire. While fire suppressant measures were used, they weren't enough to douse the flames, and the engine became so hot its magnesium components began to burn. 
Knowing they were running out of time in the air, Captain Hart sent Jean into the passenger compartment to prepare everyone for a crash landing. Jean did his best to maintain his composure, assuring the passengers that the crew had everything under control and ordering stewardess Jane Bray to secure herself while he and purser Anthony Volp reiterated crash procedures to the passengers. Once they'd done all they could, Volp sat next to Bray near the front of the plane, and Jean sat three rows from the rear, comforting a scared young girl. Hart tried to take the plane to the nearest airstrip, located in Syria, but ultimately fire spread to the wing, and Engine 2 fell off, rupturing fuel lines and feeding the fire. The young girl next to Jean screamed, and as he moved to comfort her, the plane struck the ground with an earth-shattering crack. When the haze cleared from Jean's vision, he felt intense physical pain from several cracked ribs and was astounded to see that the plane had actually been torn in two. The impact had killed the crew in the cockpit instantly, and as the only surviving flight officer, Jean had to take command of the situation. Jean, Volp, and Bray all worked together to evacuate survivors. Eight passengers and seven crew members died in the crash, the last in Gene's arms as he tried to carry him to safety. The hours that followed were a blur. Once first aid had been administered, an emergency life raft was inflated and propped up to use as shade and shelter. Soon, desert tribesmen approached them. While Gene was able to persuade them to spare the survivors' lives, they stole the supplies and everything of value, leaving the survivors with only the clothes on their backs. Not knowing if their position had been radioed in, Jean split the men into two teams to follow nearby telegraph wires in both directions, with the instructions to report back with findings. One of the teams found a small town, and Jean made the four-mile hike, found a telephone, and finally reported the position of the crash site at around 8 a.m. Syrian army planes and troops were sent to recover the survivors. While many arrived home on June 23rd, Jean was kept behind in Syria to assist the local government in their investigation. After two long weeks, he too finally made the voyage home. Jean, Volp, and Bray were all officially commended by the Civil Aeronautics Board, and Volp and Bray received a further commendation from Jean himself, who wrote the airline describing their heroism in an impossible situation. Gene resigned from Pan Am not long after that, and drawing on his harrowing experiences, started writing screenplays. He first worked on police and legal dramas such as Dragnet and Highway Patrol. He soon moved to westerns, including Have Gun, Will Travel. But Gene Roddenberry had a bigger vision. After some searching, he finally found the right partners for what would become his magnum opus, the tale of a starship with a diverse, multiracial crew of men and women led by a dashing, brave captain who boldly went where no one had gone before. A little show that blossomed into legend, Star Trek. So, how did Gene Roddenberry make it out of what could have been a fatal experience and into the realm of legend? He first took charge of the situation and cared for those around him. He stepped up when everyone else was frozen in fear and allowed the leader within to delegate to others. He pushed through his own pain and fear and protected those in his charge. 
Are you dealing with pain or fear today? Hopefully, you're not in the physical danger that young Gene Roddenberry found himself in that day. Whatever your situation may be, can you say with me, I am brave. I am strong. I am the hero of my own story. Thanks for listening. May your day be filled with love, laughter, and joy. Bye for now. Hi, this is Scott, producer for the Daily Inspirations podcast. We hope you're enjoying these stories, and if you'd like more inspiration in your life, visit MyDailyIAm.com. You can find weekend blog posts, sign up for our email update list, and you can let us know about an inspirational story you'd like us to cover. Or just say hi. We'd love to hear from you.